This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Spacio. Any good open house event includes a visitor sign-in so you can qualify and follow up with leads. Why should your virtual events be any different? Spacio by HomeSpotter is the top tool agents prefer for collecting registrations at open house events for its best-in-class integrations. Did you know that Spacio's elegant forms are also the best way to collect info from guests attending virtual events? Gate your virtual tours and live stream open houses and ask qualifying questions questions to gauge interest. Spacio will route your leads directly into your CRM for automated follow-up. Learn more and start a free trial at spac.io. Again, spac.io. And now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show, and we're about to have a wonderful conversation with top producer Amy Duong Kim. But before we get to Amy, a quick reminder for everyone listening to just think of one other real estate agent that you know that could benefit from hearing from top producers how they grow their business so that you can do the same. Think of that one agent and then send them a link to this podcast. You can either send them a link through whatever podcast directory you're using or send them directly over to our website, which is keepingitrealpod.com. We have all of our episodes we've ever done. You can stream them live right from the website. Also, please follow us on Facebook. You can find Find us at facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod. In addition to posting all of our episodes there, every single day we find an article uh, that we source online designed to help you grow your business. And then we also do our video recordings of our episodes. You can watch us record them live, see the behind the scenes, and you won't have to wait two weeks for us to produce it. You can actually watch it while we're being recorded. So again, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. And now on to our interview with Amy Duong Kim. Okay, today on the show, we have Amy Duong Kim from Duong Kim Global at Compass. Uh, Amy, who is senior broker and founding member of Duong Kim Global, is an alumni of the University of uh, Illinois here in um, well here in Illinois uh, in Champaign with a bachelor's of science. When I find this very interesting, in actuarial science. Uh, prior to yes. a real estate career, she worked as an actuarial consultant. Um, now, Amy's ability to adapt quickly to the real estate market has allowed her to take each opportunity as a learning moment, ultimately creating a stepping stone that really helped accelerate her career. She has been able to help many people find and sell their homes and is also extremely proficient on the commercial side. Now, Amy's experience really does speak for itself. I'm gonna read off some accolades. Uh, she's too humble to talk about, but I will brag for her because these are great and really impressive. Um, she's been acknowledged by the Chicago Association of Realtors, also Chicago Agent Magazine, Jameson Sotheby's International, and has tons and tons of five-star reviews uh, from clients. She's also won two Chicago Agent Who's Who's Awards and has been featured in Time Out Chicago, Chicago Tribune, Curbed, Yahoo, Wall Street Journal, ABC News, and the Today Show with NBC. So we are so thrilled to welcome Amy Duong Kim uh, to the podcast. I'm also pleased 
visit Amy's website at Duong Kim Global. That's D-U-O-N-G kimglobal.com and also follow her on Instagram at Duong Kim Global. We'll be posting those links as well. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Well, we so are happy fun. to... We're happy to have you and um, thank you for, uh, for doing this. I was actually a podcast guest myself uh, yesterday on a show and I am never a podcast guest and it was really uncomfortable. So I, oh, have, really? a, I have a renewed appreciation <laughs> for what it's like to be a guest. Now you've been on a million shows, so this is no big deal to you, but uh, I was surprised how nervous I, I got because normally I get to like be in control and ask the questions. Um, but I would love to introduce you to our listeners a lot of people here in the Chicago market, everyone knows you here, but we have listeners from all over the country. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you got into real estate. Your background was, was in some actuarial science. So how did you make that change? Yes. Uh, so I, when I was, I loved actuarial work, actually. Um, I just unfortunately wasn't very good at it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so when I was looking for a career change, I actually had received an offer at Deloitte & Touche to go yeah. consulting and we would be, I'd be doing something a little bit different, um, data mining. So, but you know, my brother actually had said, why don't you just get your real estate license? Just have it handy just in case any of your friends need to buy very a home. Smart. And I um, took my license. I, I quit my job. I, I was about to take this uh, amazing offer at Deloitte and & Touche. And um, I walk in after I just gotten past my gotten my license. And um, I was going to hand it into my brother, who was who would have who was my managing broker for a while. And um, you know, a client walked in, and he had said, you know, I'm looking to sell my home and buy another home. So I wanted to see if you guys could help me. I, I, I work uh, down the block. I've seen your office. Um, and my brother said, why don't you just take this client? So I sold his house in a week. I, that's, I mean, inc then that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I would have to like have my own camera, you know, so 15 years ago and then like figure out how to use the MLS and stuff like that. And uh, so I sold his house in a week and then I helped him buy another house like the next week. And I was like, man, this is like the easiest job ever. <laughs> People just, just walk in and, 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 and give you two transactions. I know. So like, I'm just going to do this. I mean, I'm not going to go back to like an office job. And, you know, obviously I realized this job is not like that. <laughs> so Yeah, sort of the irony of the consultant's life where if you were, if you were traveling to clients and doing that Monday to Thursday thing and then flying home on the way, you're actually working more than they probably were. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I mean, it's just like getting you know, you, when you golf, right. And then you get that magical like hole in one and then, yeah. and then you're like, you're stuck with that, with the, with that hobby because you just want that to happen again. So yeah, that's how yeah. I felt. <laughs> but oh, I got that's, suckered in. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, what, a, what a great story. And, and also, um, well, let's, let's talk about, you know, your first year. Uh, and obviously you had some immediate success, which is um, incredible. Um, but after that, you know, you, I imagine had to really start to build a business uh, essentially from scratch, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, totally. It was all from scratch. We had a boutique brokerage um, and uh, everything was just, you know, done differently back then. A lot of faxing. I kind of denied having a smartphone for so long. Um, you know, had my little Tom Tom to tell me where to go. So, but it, 
you know, I, the goal actually was never to be a top producer. <laughs> I just wanted to like pay the bills and hang out with my friends. Um, little did I know that like all my socializing was a lot of networking and that was super helpful in, um, in building our business. And, and ultimately, and I keep this motto still, is I try to treat every deal like it's my own. And if I continue to do that, I, I really can't really mess up too much. Or, you know, I know that this is the largest purchase for any person. And, you know, when, when listings accumulate market time, I know that someone has to pay those bills. So it's, uh, if I, oh, I always keep that in mind when I'm working. And because of that, it led to um, the amount of deals we do. But I wouldn't necessarily, necessarily say that was the initial goal. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of times when we talk to top producers on the show, um, they often don't speak about, well, here's my production goals or here's mm -hmm. the number of transactions I want to complete. Uh, they, they oftentimes talk about these fundamentals like, mm -hmm. oh, if all I did was treat every single deal as if it were my most important deal and, and in your case, my own deal. Mm -hmm then maybe that's all I really have to do because if that's all I'm doing, that's more than self going to have, create raving fans, I imagine. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if anyone wants to read my review. Some clients leave very long reviews, which I totally appreciate. I love. And, and then we become really good friends actually afterwards. And um, I kind of am like an open book. I, you know, all, like I have pictures of my kids. I have a video if you go to my website, like uh, about us. And I always say you should pick a realtor who you feel most comfortable with and trust um, because that it, 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 it's, we're working together for the same goal. Uh, you know, yes, I'm working for you, but it's really a collaboration. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to reference the video that Amy's talking about. If you go to her website, which is again, duongkimglobal.com, um, she has a really impressive uh, intro video right on, on the, right when you open up her webpage. And what it does so eloquently and elegantly uh, is tell the story of who Amy is. And it's not a self-congratulatory type of video, which a lot of realtors do uh, do those types. It's very much like, here's what I'm all about. Uh, here's the personal side of me. Here's the professional side. Um, it's a really great uh, model for anyone out there who's thinking about having one of these videos made. As I would say, do one just like Amy's because oh, it's, it's just—it's one of the best I've ever seen. And and it oh, and it, it also grabs you emotionally because it tells the story of a, a bit of your family, uh, your your parents in particular. And and I think that is people love to hear, um, you know, how you came to be in the business and, and mm -hmm. what your values are. And, and I think that you did a good job on that. So oh, thank everyone, you. Everyone listening, go check it out and make something uh, similar, you know, tell your tell your story. Um, and then so so you started working with your brother, uh, you started building your business. Um, and and then, you know, talk about that, like what really worked for you? I know it's been some time since you started, um, but talk about what really worked for you back then. Um, what was helpful? Um, what maybe if there were things that didn't work, um, you know, what did you find most useful? So I started back in 2005, which was really the height of the market. And, yeah. you know, uh, honestly, I, I kind of work, think we're going through that right now is that a lot of the top producers are getting a lot of the business and it was actually really hard for me to gain business. So really 
um, I didn't become, I guess, the Chicago Land's top producer uh, volume-wise until after 2008 when the market crashed. Um, because I was working so hard to try to get clients um, in the, from 2005 to 2008, I really didn't see anything in fruition. Um, and again, you know, that goes back to building a pipeline, but I didn't really see that fruition until after 2008. And, you know, back then learning how to deal with short sales and dealing with foreclosures, I didn't necessarily work with REOs, but I learned how to win deals from doing short sales and foreclosures. And it's really going back to like being able to pivot and adapt to a new environment. So, um, so I think that was the, the 2005 to 2008 was really just kind of like prepping me to hustle afterwards. Yeah. And then everything changed. Right. And then, um, and then you did have to pivot and, and thankfully you, you were able to do that. A lot of people exited the business back then uh, mm -hmm. because it was so challenging and, and totally. the, the halcyon days were over or the, the salad days were over or whatever the ex expression is. Um, and all of a sudden it became challenging. Um, mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, you, you dealt with short sales foreclosures um, and then just, Tell, can you talk a little bit about that transition and, and how that changed? Did your clientele change? Um, did, did the people you service change? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess in 2005, I have to really think very hard because it was a while ago. Yeah, <laughs> Back sure. in 2005, 2008, it was really like my, my friends. Um, and sure. then, uh, you know, I think Yelp and Zillow and all those websites started rolling out. So then I... I was like, well, you know, let me give like reviews a try and get uh, my clients and class clients to write reviews about me. So then that kind of started. So I was an early adopter, I would say, of that. And then now we're kind of going through another transition. Like now we have uh, uh, people have been using Instagram for a while for work. And before Instagram, it was Facebook. So it's, again, just adapting to where those clients are and figuring out how to make the tools that they're using screen, like where what they're looking at to kind of gravitate towards you. And I also know that you work with investors as well. When did that start to enter your business? Was that right away or did that was that sort of later on in the career? Um, it was later on in the career. So what I love about the fact that even though I was a pretty bad actuary, I did get a lot of math experience <laughs> and just, um, a lot of analytical skills. So, um, so they're actually excellent for real estate. And because of that, it was, I had a kind of very, uh, distinct ability and natural ability to kind of find investor in properties for clients um, and then roll that in with the fact that um, I had my first child um, you know more power to those women who are or it could be spouses who are stay at home but I just could not so um, I really needed to focus on work I could not wait until our nanny started <laughs> <laughs> so I could go back to work. Um, but so with that, I actually, I feel like that was like another milestone, 
you know, 2008, you know, kind of adapting. But after that, in 2012, when my daughter was born, that's really when I was like, you know what, I had to learn to be efficient. I need to learn how to put processes in my system. I need to figure out how I can work when I'm not hanging out with my baby. And that came the whole investors um, situation where I was working with clients who were, in, who were awake in the middle of the night. And that was in Asia or in Europe um, because I had to be awake. You were awake in the middle of the night too. I was awake in the middle of the night. So, you know, I have like literally every app known to man, uh, KakaoTalk, WhatsApp, GroupMe. Uh, (laughs) So I have to look check all these different chats to talk to um, some of my clients. So, but it was, it was really, it was really interesting to be able to do something that, um, that a lot of people weren't necessarily trying. So, and we do speak several different languages in our team. So that has been super helpful too. By the way, you guys speak six different languages on your team. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. So this is also a very smart thing because again, investors can be global, right? Worldwide. Oh, and totally. Amy wants to be able to support them. You know, it's funny. I think there's a lot of realtors who listen, who are listening right now, but probably thinking, well, I don't have any international investor clients. And, mm-hmm. and what, what I, what I have heard from dozens and dozens and dozens of uh, brokers who work with investors who are top agents is they say, don't worry about the investor, find the deal, find the deal. And the, and the investors will find you. The, the hard part is finding the deal. The easy part's the investor. Um, oh, totally. In other words, there's always money around. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, you need to be well knowledge about your area, what you're speaking of. I mean, so there, Chicago is the only metropolitan city in the United States that uh, we can get a possibility of at least, uh, I would say 6% cap rate, you know, in many neighborhoods. Um, LA, you can't do that. San Francisco, New York, uh, the entry level for Chicago is considerably low. I mean, we could we can get in at a multi-unit as low as $400,000. I mean, it's gonna have a little quirkiness, you know, but um, you, you, you know, that's virtually impossible in other areas. And we have United States has freehold. So a lot of countries do not have freehold and um, that's owning your own property. I don't know the real, like the true definition. So you may have to Google it, but um, like that you own your property where, um, you know, if there's eminent domain, then the government yeah. has to pay right. you for that. So, um, but you, you guys have to check that technical stuff. Okay. But we have freehold in the United States where other countries do not have freehold. So there's like a lot of advantages of owning not only property in the United States, but property actually in the Chicagoland area. So when you know that information and know exactly where those deals are, you have to find the property and let them know about it. So totally, I I totally agree with that. And a lot of times those properties never hit the MLS or they're, mm-hmm. they're, they hit the MLS and they're snapped up pretty quickly. So you have to get really creative. And so for anyone listening who's thinking, well, how do I start to learn um, I always suggest, you know, if you're really interested in learning about investment opportunities, go to biggerpockets.com. It's probably the the single greatest resource for real estate investors and they'll they'll start you on your education. But there's lots of wonderful meetups and and you know, investors love to talk about investments. So you can mm-hmm. you can find all these other like-minded uh, realtors or or just investors and start to talk about, you know, some of these um uh, you know, some of the actuarial part of it and, and running the numbers and finding those opportunities. Mm-hmm, totally. I mean, I feel like I look at for pockets all day long. I actually tell clients, 
I'm not going to look at the MLS for you. You can totally do that yourself on Zillow. Yeah, and right. <laughs> and, and, you know, yeah. Compass or whatever website that's on the public market. We, we, you know, I'm going to just focus on the listings that are not on the MLS. Yeah. Well, and that makes you really valuable to people too, because you're right. Uh, you know, the MLS used to be behind lock and key. That hasn't been the case for a long time no. now where everyone yeah. has access, whether you have a realtor or not. And um, so now, yeah, being able to provide additional value, especially on the investment side. And, and in, do, you per, do you prefer working with investors or do you like working with traditional buyers and sellers as well? I assume you do everything. Um, yeah, we do everything. Um, I think it depends. I, I still like the emotional part yeah. of a home purchase. I, I love being able to be part of their, that, you know, next life or next chapter. Um, so I still enjoy that too. So I, it, it really just, it, and honestly, it, it just depends on the client. Like I, most of my clients are very like-minded like me. So they really think the same way, which I really love. That's actually sure. why my bio starts out with the fact that I was an actuary because I think I gravitate towards clients who are like traders and, you know, in the finance field or just very analytical. So it's helpful to have clients that are very similar to how I work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's talk about the, what's going on right now in, and obviously all of us ac across not just this country, but, but, you know, globally are dealing with this pandemic and we're here in Chicago, we're under a stay at home order. You know, we mm -hmm. thankfully real estate is still considered an essential business. So we're yeah. able to do some things. Um, we had one of our agents at our firm yesterday. Oh, actually all of them are doing this now, but I just, the first I've heard of it cause I don't pay that much attention, but she was like, Oh, I just had my first drive up closing where mm -hmm. she had to stay in her car, but she got the closing done. And that's obviously our world right now. Um, what are you doing, uh, or, or what, yeah, I would love to know what you're doing to stay busy and, and continue on with your business. Well, we have always implemented technology in our, um, in our listings anyways. So it actually wasn't too difficult to transition to what's going on right now. If people have not started virtual tours, I highly suggest to have your listings go on virtual tour. Um, there are opportunities to do if, if you can't afford that, then, you know, even just make, making a video and then doing reverse prospecting and emailing it to those agents, I think it's something that you could do and be proactive about. Um, if we have the ability where we have some listings that are currently vacant and staged. Sure. Um, we will offer the lockbox and we allot, I mean, we will allot, make sure that there's no showings within three hour time periods of each other. Um, and we'll turn on all the lights beforehand so nobody has to touch anything. So we are trying to be very, like, of course, keep business going because that's the best thing we could do right now as well. Um, but be responsible and stay safe and do our social distancing. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think video virtual tours are things that we could be doing right now. Um, and really just staying in touch with your clients, not, I already was great at um, continuing my pipeline anyways, but even more so right now. So staying top of mind to those clients is always important to do and even more so right now. 
Yeah, I've, I've been thinking, um, and we've been talking to a lot of top agents who has said this is a great opportunity for them to reconnect or deepen the relationships they have with their sphere of influence. And mm-hmm. just even reaching out to let people know you're thinking about them or that you care about them and, and checking in to see how they're doing. Um, you know, we're all in this together. And so everybody's scared. Everyone's, you know, there's economic concerns, obviously job mm-hmm. security. A lot of people are, this is a tough time. And so I, 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 you know, been hearing from a lot of our agents and people on the show here that this is a great time just to reach out and make people feel a little less alone. Um, and that when, when this all returns to normal, hopefully as soon as possible, um, I think those activities are going to reap amazing dividends. They're going to be like, wow, my realtor really cares about me. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think to- it's a good way to Go like create new systems too. I mean, I, um, love my Peloton. So if anybody wants to follow me on Peloton too, Amy Duong Kim. Um, so it, it actually like has given me the opportunity to like figure out a new schedule, which I actually love to make sure that I, um, you know, focus on my health too. So that, that actually has been really rewarding as well. Yeah. It's a great time to develop better habits. Right. And, um, you know, whether, whether you're doing Peloton or you're just cranking out push-ups on your floor, whatever it is, like now's the time to start doing that because mm-hmm. those habits just, again, yield amazing rewards down the road. And, um, and you know, we're all cooped up inside and our physical health is, is you know, often neglected. I, I, I know for me, I neglect it quite a bit. Um, so now it's like, okay, I can either veg out on junk food and television over the next month or two, or I, which is fine if that's what I choose mm-hmm. to do, but I would be a little happier with myself if I ate well and, and maybe turned off the television and cranked out some, uh, some exercises that I, you know, and thankfully um, in Chicago, you know, you can still walk around a little bit. Uh, so you can get out of the house from time to time. Other places, it's not as, not as uh, convenient to do that. But um, yeah, to talk about, you know, I, I would love to talk to you about current listings. So we talked yes. about this a bit offline. Totally. Um, and I, I ran some numbers on the Chicago MLS um, and let's see, I just want to get the number right. I, um, so I was looking at temp, uh, temporarily no showings and cancellations. And I was looking at just the last 16 days versus a year ago. And it, it appears that we are up in temps and cancellations, 58% in Chicago. Um, probably no surprise, but can you talk a little bit about what you're currently doing with your listings and what you're telling sellers and buyers to just let them know sort of what's going on? Sure. So I think the first important question to ask is if the property is occupied, if they even feel comfortable with showings, because personally, I don't know if I would be, it really just depends on that situation of that seller. Right. Um, and so that's probably the first question. The second question is, you know, just really figure out what, if you have everything to be able to do a safe social distancing showing. So we offer gloves to our clients and booties. Um, I'm in the process of making masks, but I'm a very bad seamstress. So I don't Oh, know. you're making them yourself. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, because, you know, they're like low supply right now. Yeah. So, right. And I do have a sewing machine, um, but it's, it, we'll see what they, what they look like at the end of it. So, <laughs> but we do have, we do have gloves. We bring disinfectant wipes, hand sanitizer. Like you got to bring all of this for your own safety too. Um, but 
for the people that are live there and uh, the people who are going to see the property. If if it's vacant, it's uh, you know obviously even better. We do try to get there beforehand to turn on lights, um, but we do, and sometimes we just sit outside in the car while they do the showing, and sure. then we close up afterwards for them. So we want to provide them access, but you know keep the though we would love to show the property personally and uh and but it just during these times we just cannot um of course beforehand we always offer virtual tours and like every photo that we have imaginable for uh, we usually put only like 40 photos in our mls but we have i don't know 60 or 100 depending on what property uh it is so and um, beforehand, we give it to the agents so they can send it to their clients so they can see everything and floor plans and all those, all that stuff. So, um, but I think that people should leave their listings active. Uh, we, there's a lot of uh, buyers out there that are a little too nervous and rightly so or afraid to go out, but they're still looking, you know, and they're still looking, they're still active. I think I, uh, maybe it was a NAR. Uh, statistic that um, people are uh, looking for a home 19% more on the internet than they were even before. And that was already sure. a lot before. So if you do, the only way to be able for clients and buyers to see that is if you are active. So if you have the opportunity to do it, I actually think it's good to do it. And if they are willing to do a showing, I mean, they got to be pretty serious. You know, they're not just like, hey, I'm bored this afternoon to go see a place. Like right. they are very serious about looking for a property so um and and that's how all my buyers actually are they're like you know they don't necessarily want to go out but they have to go out they they don't want to be homeless so i mean there is still a need for homes everybody needs to live somewhere yeah and and i think i'm i'm very curious to see and i don't know that there will be any really way to to uh, to, to chart the stats on this, but I'll be very curious to see how many people once uh, the stay at home ban is, is lifted and we're all back to normal, how many people upgrade to a bigger living space? I, I'd be very curious because yeah. I'll bet you there's a tremendous number of people uh, who are thinking, gosh, I, I need, I need more space. Um, oh, yeah. I know I've started to feel that way in my own place. It's like, maybe I need a bigger place. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah so, I, know, so I no. totally agree with you on that. Um, I think two things are going to happen. They're going to possibly look at a different floor plan and then also, um, you know, rethink their financial situation just like they did back in 08. And, you know, I don't want to say they'll reduce their house payment or like the, the budget, but I also think that they're going to be a little bit more conservative and see if that uh, will still work within, like if they get what they want, being a little bit more conservative in their budget. So, well, And I, I think you're probably right. And then also rates are so low right now where money is very cheap. Um, yes. And so, yeah, so people are still looking. Oh, people um, are still looking. And, and I think that they think it's a great opportunity as well too. So because um, the economy is, uh, you know, uncertain at this point, but anybody who has been doing this for a while knows that, you know, again, everybody needs a home. Everybody needs a place to live. So. Yeah. I've, I've been wondering too, on, on the commercial side, if, if I wonder if there'll be a lot of businesses that once we come out the other side on this go, you know, we spend a lot of money on office space and, and, you know, maybe we could do more virtual stuff. And so I, I wonder if the commercial world will shift, but the residential world is everyone still needs, like you said, everyone needs to live somewhere. So yes. great, great yeah, opportunities. I, think, I do. I do think it will be a commercial real estate will 
be adjusted differently. Um, so that'll be interesting to see as well. Yeah. Well, I want to talk, you talked about technology and, and this is a really cool thing because now today uh, it probably doesn't seem like that big a deal, but, but the fact that you were doing this years ago is so impressive to me is that um, you, you have closed deals on FaceTime. Um, and again, now everyone's using FaceTime, Zoom, uh, Google Hangouts, et cetera, because we have to. But four years ago, we, we didn't have to, and, and yes. you were still utilizing that technology. Can you mind sharing that with our audience? Of course, yeah. So I have clients who have seen property or who have bought property side unseen. I have clients who I've never met before, actually, physically, um, that we've only talked on the phone and whatnot uh, so it, it it was something that we were we've been utilizing for quite some time now at least i, I don't know for for like probably when some video started we've been we've been doing it so i mean it is an inundation of information as much as you can because i want them to feel comfortable as well so we probably go kind of crazy with when we do do showings the amount of video uh but photography, like photos that we take, um, literally down to like doorknobs. <laughs> to, to, to make but people, sure people care about doorknobs. They really do. So that's really smart. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, we, we, we can joke about it, but it's actually a really smart thing. People want to see the hardware on, on the uh -huh. kitchen appliance or the kitchen cabinets and, and bathrooms. And, and they want to see doorknobs too. That's, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And then like lots of measuring for them. Um, but yeah, just like, just every, especially, so for a condo, when it's going to be their residential, I'm thinking of one in particular, it was uh, an adorable two-bedroom condo. She, she had to travel all the time for work. Um, she, she was coming from New York, um, but she goes internationally all the time. So, and she had no time to come here to buy a place. So every showing was just FaceTime and lots of videos and lots of, um, lots of uh, phone calls because I, when we were under contract, she was in Africa. So, um, so it was really just adapting to what what we could what we could do with what the technology that we had. So, um, and she's happy, and, and we were actually texting each other, making sure everything's okay with each other. But um, you know, that is we have the so so much power and technology right now that it you know there really shouldn't be an excuse as to why someone shouldn't be comfortable with purchasing a home, whether during this pandemic or, you know, working with clients internationally. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're right. Uh, I think that's, that's such uh, great advice is just to utilize the technology that exists and you don't have to have a million platforms, but you know, right now, like how many photos do you take for each listing? Well, Amy does a ton of photos for each listing mm -hmm. because she never knows that somebody might be making their decisions solely based on the imagery because maybe mm -hmm. they're not able to physically come, come to, you know, the location. Um, so I think that that is really actually great advice. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your group? Um, I, I feel like we've, we've, we've talked a lot about you, but tell us a little bit about the group that you've built and, and your team. Sure. Well, I work with my husband. He and I are partners. Uh, we started working together when we, actually just shortly after we got married. So um, I suppose that I was always on the forefront and he was helping. I'm, very, I'm a very disorganized person. I may seem like I'm not, but I'm very disorganized. So my husband is a very organized one. He's actually... One of the reasons why we have a business the way we do is, you know, you got to have 
I, I, you know, I was always great about being in front of clients and knowing things about real estate, but he was always the close, like the one that finished um, everything from executed contract to close. Sure. So, um, and then building a great team in sense of not only the, the agents that you work with, but having a fantastic inspector, having a fantastic attorney, you know, this is how to help uh, having an awesome lender, like having these, these really great partners really also assisted us and supported us to build our business even further. Um, so what uh, I, my brother is on my team. So he was, you know, we had our boutique brokerage from before. Um, I felt like I, and, and our, our brokerage was great, but I just felt like I was just running a business and not necessarily selling. So right. we really took the decision to move to a, a larger brokerage and um, really focus on And that was one of the reasons why we were able to build our business to what it is right now. Um, one of my best friends is on my team and she just, I was, she was my client turned into a realtor. I mentor her. She's doing awesome. Another person I met on a mommy play date. She had just got her license and she, you know, wanted some supplements income and she's doing awesome. Um, so every, all our team members are very organic and um, the goal is we have other Eva, Anastasia, Malcolm. We have an awesome transaction coordinator, Vanessa. So I really feel like it's important to have different types of personalities in our team. Uh, we don't want to grow our team to this crazy amount because I want to always be a part, a part of their, you know, process and know about their deals. And, you know, there's only so much time in the day. Right. Sure. And the goal is that we all become $20 million producers. That's the goal is that, um, you know, I'm helping them figure out what it, it's really trying to keep them accountable and push them to the next level. And once we, they get to there, how can I assist them even more? So, um, you know, I always say who, whoever we interview with or who we ever take a meeting with, you know, just so you know, if you join on, you're on forever. <laughs> you can't leave. <laughs> I, uh, I did an interview uh, with a uh, broker in the suburbs a couple of years ago. I, I, I apologize. I'm forgetting her name. But she said the funniest thing. She goes, she's a $50 million producer. And she said, she said, when she brings on team members, she goes, look, I'm the nicest person in the world, but if you just do everything I tell you to do, you will be a top producer within like three or four years. She goes, yes. but you have to do what I tell you because I promise you I know the path. And, mm -hmm. and so she was very funny about it. But I, I would love to know, um, what, you know, right now with everyone staying at home, we know, you know, you mentioned what you're doing. Um, what, how are you helping your team or what are you telling them to do to stay busy? Maybe people who aren't as seasoned as you or who are newer to the business. Um, yeah, the same thing that we're talking about. Stay top of mind with your clients. Just like pick up the phone or text. Um, do I'm sending them like Zoom seminars and like webinars and educational things up the wazoo. So uh, and they're sending it back to us too, like different ones that they found in their own spheres. So Anastasia just sent one that was pretty awesome. So it, it just learning, taking this time to learn. Um, we're really upping our uh, social our social media presence. I think is pretty good, but we're really revamping um, a lot of our listing presentations and the collateral and our bios. And this is our time to kind of revise everything. I actually do all of this 
usually in Q4 of every year. So then everything's kind of set for the rest of the year. And I just focus on selling for Q1, 2, and 3. But, um, you know, this is a great opportunity to get to everything that we weren't able to get to before. So because there's always projects in the back burner that you always want to get to. Um, it's really just making sure you get to it. Uh, we, I'm a huge proponent of Trello. Um, I love Trello and it, it's like a little to-do list. I love checking things off. So if you're that type of person, I highly suggest using Trello and everything that you ever thought of that you wanted to do. I have a going list of it um, and I just start checking things off uh, whenever I, we complete it. So we run our entire podcast on Trello. So we're big, yes. big. So for everyone who's listening, Trello, probably for most people's needs would be free, although there are upgrades. But essentially, it's a visual sort of project management sort of task manager type of system where there's a visual component that is really powerful. Um, developers use this. So if you've ever been to a developer company or, or company with developers, they usually have a giant board with all these sticky notes everywhere and then they're moving okay. sticky notes all over the place. And essentially you can do the same thing with Trello. And it just, it, it, there's a visual thing that just cements it to me that is missing in a lot of other to-do list systems. So I'm a huge fan of Trello. Yes, or they're sometimes they're overcomplicated. I, I don't want to yeah. call anyone yeah. any app out, but you know, it's just like just this is just simple, really, yeah. really simple. It's like yeah. literally, you're right, having a sticky note and then moving it around. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I hate paper. That's actually another thing. When I, uh, I, I when the first when the iPad came out, I never printed out showing sheets at all. Um, I put it, I always downloaded the PDF into my, uh, into my iPad. And then I just would go out with that because I hate having paper. The fact that my kids like are school homeschooled right now and I have to print uh, like a crap load of paper is really annoying. <laughs> yeah. 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 Utilize technology. It is your friend. Right. And, and, mm -hmm. you know, this is a great time as, as Amy said, to look at the assets, look, look at your marketing, uh, you know, assets, look at your listing presentation, look at your website, yeah. look at all of the things that you know, that maybe normally you don't have time to do. Now's the time to focus on, you know, revamping the listing presentation or, or start with little, little projects. And you know, it's so wonderful these days too, is if you go, well, I'm not a graphic designer. It's like, Oh, don't worry. There's a million places online where you can borrow ideas and, and also even just pay for a listing. I mean, there are companies that will just build you a listing presentation if you don't have one for like $20 and it looks pretty good. And then you can customize yeah. it from there. So we're just well, so I'm lucky. We Canva too. Canva. Can, Canva yeah. We, Canva. We, yeah, we do everything on Canva as well. Can, if everyone isn't familiar, so uh, go to Trello and go to Canva, mm -hmm. C-A-N-V-A, and there are you can just make amazing Instagram posts with it. You can do all sorts mm -hmm. of cool graphic design, and most everything on Canva is free as well. So mm -hmm. uh, we're so lucky to have these resources that really didn't exist 15 years ago. Um, no, I, I had to like. I remember. Um, printing out all these postcards and like sticking mailers on it and then, you know, mailing them out. It, it is yeah. just so, I mean, there was pros and cons to how it was done before, but yes, sure. we have so many different tools and capabilities that we didn't have before. Yeah. 
Well, Amy, I think this is a great place to wrap up. And I know how busy you are, even now that you're at home, you have, you have, you're a mother, you're a successful business owner. And also of course, working with all your team members and your clients. So I wanted you to get back to to your, your busy life. Um, but, um, for everyone who is listening, I want everybody to go visit Amy's website, because again, if nothing else, watch her video and, and feel how it grabs you emotionally and, and use that as a, as a guide for your own marketing efforts. But if you just want to learn more about Amy too, it's a great resource. Um, so go to Duong Kim Global, that's D-U-O-N-G Kim Global.com. Also, please follow her on Instagram, which is also Duong Kim Global. We'll be posting those links. Um, Amy, uh, thank you so much on behalf of the listeners for taking time to, uh, to be on our show. We've, we've been wanting to have you on for a long time. So this is a, this is a real treat for us. Um, and on, uh, and also on behalf, oh, I'm sorry, Amy, I completely forgot. If there is anyone out there who is a buyer, a seller, a renter, an investor, somebody who's looking for a new real estate professional and wants to work with you, obviously they can visit your website, but, um, is there another way they can reach out to you directly? Oh, I'm like, can I, should I give my phone number out? <laughs> it's up to, uh, up to you or you can give your email, whatever's, whatever's right. more appropriate for you. Yeah. My email, um, amy.duongkim at compass.com. Um, but yeah, I mean, my website is the easiest way. It has my cell phone on there as well. You can just contact me directly. I literally work all the time, which I love. I love working. So, and I think my response rate on Yelp is like 10 minutes. So, uh, I usually respond within 10 minutes. Um, but I know, I know if I was looking for a realtor, uh, I would go, well, I would love to have somebody that treats each my deal. Like it's her very own. So Amy did say that earlier on, and I want to hammer that point home because I don't know if if you would say that's the absolute biggest secret of your success, but I'll bet you it's right up near the top. So if if anyone's out there who's looking for a new real estate professional or just doesn't have one in the Chicagoland area, Amy's a great resource and you should reach out to her. Okay. Um, Thank you so much. It's so sweet. So we appreciate you being on a part of our show on behalf of the listeners. Again, we do thank Amy for, uh, for, for her time this morning. And also, um, sorry, this did not stream live on Facebook. We had a, the zoom is having an issue with Facebook, probably with all the uh, other zoom meetings going on, but we're going to upload this, uh, this video right now. And then uh, we'll have the official audio episode uh, recorded and, or, Uh, released in about a week or so. But on behalf of uh, Amy and myself, to the listeners, we thank you for continuing to support our show and listening to these great interviews. And also please tell a friend, if everyone out there just thinks of one other real estate agent uh, that could benefit from listening to this interview, pass this over to them. You can find us and stream every episode we've ever done on our website, which is keepingitrealpod.com. Of course, we're on every podcast directory, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Pandora, everywhere. Just search for Keeping It Real. Also, please follow us on Facebook. Every single day, Zana, our producer, finds an article on line um, specifically written to help real estate agents grow their business. And in addition to that, we post these, um, these episodes. You can even watch the behind the scenes videos of them as well. So follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod. Amy, thanks again. And, um, we, uh, we will all get through this together and, um, I'm really excited to uh, continue to watch your success. Thank you. Thank you for having me and be safe everyone. Yes. Be safe. All right. Thanks.